1: Welcome back, everybody, to Wrestling Omakase. It is episode number 172, and this week I am very pleased to be joined by a returning guest, uh, as heard on several Wrestling with Words spinoff podcasts, and a close personal friend of Andrew T. Rich. Hello, Skylar.
0: Hello, friends and <laughs> listeners. Uh, yeah, <laughs> thank you for doing my intro. I really should have included more. I, if I knew that you were going to be game, I would have, you know, included a few more. Well, I
1: thought it'd be funny if I didn't do if I didn't tell you I was going to do it and I just did it. So.
0: Yeah, well, uh, yeah, official wonder of Trump death. <laughs> yeah, I think we could all agree. I think that could be an omakase like all, you yeah, know, the omakase corporation. So all guests past and present and future, we can all agree. We're going to officially endorse that now.
1: Yes. Uh, I can I can think of one who might have a problem. Maybe.
0: Was um, Jeff Hawkins on
1: that? <laughs> <Jeff>, uh, <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking of. Um, uh, <laughs> but yes, like as far as, I don't know, you just brought up the chart thing. That was, like, the craziest night on Twitter uh, oh, yeah. when we I found mean, out.
0: It, it, was, it was really gold. It was, you yeah, know, this was, like, the non-wrestling version of, like, the Fujita match. Like, the Fujita Go match, <laughs> where it just felt for an hour, like, Twitter was standing still. Like, I was in the Matrix.
1: <laughs> it was pretty amazing. I mean, uh, I don't know. Just, like, the, the absurdity of it, of, like, the, he would downplay this thing... Like on stage of that debate And like literally make fun of his opponent For wearing a mask all the time And then get it like two days later It was one of those You know I I am agnostic Maybe there is a god I don't know it just felt way too Like huh yeah, this
0: is, like, this is like one of the WWE storylines Where like, you know, there's like a mud pit And one guy's teased getting thrown in the mud pit But then, oh, he accidentally gets thrown in the mud pit
1: It's literally just this It's like an yeah, Attitude Era storyline It's something, I mean, you know And then all the, and like the Weekend at Bernie's vibe With these doctors being like We're giving him an experimental Phase 3 drug That may or may not work With a compassionate use uh, exception But he's doing great and here yeah, he is like, signing some blank pages. It's like, come, how, like, how fucking stupid do you think people are, man? I mean, I, yeah, get, I like, get that, I get that we elected him, so we're pretty fucking stupid. But like, even, even his own supporters don't seem to be buying this shit. So I
0: yeah, know. they're like, we're giving Trump the limitless pill and hoping that his expanding brain power will help him, <laughs> like out of this
1: disease. It's like okay. Um... But yeah, so if if he's gonna die or not, this is not where I expected the, the start of this podcast to go. But I don't well, I don't disapprove.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's important to just get it out there that we officially endorse <laughs> the death
1: of the president of the United States. Uh, I hope the CIA does not listen. Yeah, and to
0: this. The, and the, these views are indeed shared by the voices of wrestling podcast
1: <laughs> network. Uh, I want to say for if any for the uh, CIA, parody, agency, parody. Here's in this. Fortnite, this, is, this is satire. Parody. parody. Satire. Uh yes. So I, I wonder if this will be will this finally get me like uh people complaining on Twitter. I never get the complaints on Twitter that like the Super J cast gets when Joel just like opens his mouth. I guess <laughs> like like Joel will say the most mild anti-Trump thing of all time and there will be some dude but like a blue lives matter avatar or thin blue line avatar is like i am never again listening to the super j cast you have not gotten my zero dollars for the last time sir yeah, <laughs> like... I, think,
0: yeah. I think in terms of reactionary fan base i mean i i would be surprised if any of the you know japanese wrestling podcasts <laughs> outside of the joshi one probably i mean that that one has a history of some weirdos but besides that i think we're we're all cool guys here yeah cool friends
1: i'm sure I hope I, uh, someone's going to add us about this one. I think we'll say if, for that person who's listening right now, I'm very angry. I don't care. You don't have to add me. It's fine. Uh, yeah. As far as what else has been going on, Scott, other than thinking about the possible death of the U S president?
0: Well, yeah, you know, th- things are, things are lovely here in Washington, DC. I've recently been a, become an exercise person, um, which, yeah, you know, trying to be like a body guy, trying to be like all of these, all of these wrestlers, I'm going to be in shape for the first time in my entire life. Um, and, you know, watching professional wrestling and seeing, like, all these, like, 55-year-old guys with, like, abs, I'm just like, I could do this. I mean, <laughs> I'm, i you know, still an adult. I, I can definitely have, like, the Tanahashi body. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm aiming for right now.
1: Tanahashi but- body. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, they, they, I mean, how the hell Minoru Suzuki still looks like... Even as good as he looks at 52. Right, of those he's, he's,
0: he's very handsome. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, like, remember how Ric Flair used to look in his 50s on WCN? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's yeah. like he with all that loose skin when they finally told him to start wearing T-shirts. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, Ric Flair sort of always has looked old, <laughs> That is true. But, that is true. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. Suzuki, Suzuki's pulled it off. Nagata some another one. It's like, I don't know what. Although, Nagata always has those gross cups on his, like, from cupping all over his body. Oh, yeah, body. yeah. yeah but yeah
0: him and osprey i feel like i wonder if they they do it together
1: have you ever have you ever looked that up by the way it's total bullshit oh of course (laughs) (laughs) it's like come on guys i've looked it up and like is cupping like google like is cupping real the answer is like no it's not even like a maybe it's like unequivocally it's like this does nothing yeah i
0: don't like that cupping sounds like if to an uninformed person like some sort of sex I, it definitely does <laughs> yes.
1: it definitely does sounds like
0: something the kids are doing nowadays <laughs> the,
1: kids, the kids are cuffing uh yeah but uh other than that I guess you've been doing good
0: yeah, everything's been great. Although I I had not been watching much wrestling during quarantine, um, so then when you told me it's like, oh, well, we we're going to watch like the last show of the G one and the, or yeah, the newest of the G one and the N one, I was like, well, I have to watch these now. <laughs> um, so I've watched like well, four wrestling th- shows a day this I, week.
1: I think my exact question to you was, have you been keeping up with the G one and the M one? And you were just like, yes. And then well, I mean,
0: I've been I've been following the on uh, Twitter and laughing at the things the results that I don't like is and, what I meant. Okay, so.
1: but you did catch up. That's good.
0: Yes, we're um, all caught up.
1: That's good. Uh, but yeah, the G one. I, I see the G one, the M one. I mean, they're both they've both been good. The one that's been bad, we're not talking about today. So yeah, really you know, we
0: have to mention it because yeah. I, I I wanted you know Shuji Ishikawa, one of my favorite wrestlers of the last decade, you know. I just, I'm not going to disrespect him. Disrespect his booking <laughs> right now. I will say that booking is not the only problem, but it is part of the problem
1: over there. Yeah, I mean, we, we really ripped into it on last week's show. And that's a good transition for the Patreon plug, because if you want to hear me talk about the Champion Carnival final uh, tomorrow or today or in the past, depending on when you're listening to this, but uh, the Champion Carnival final is Monday, October 5th. Uh, I'll be covering that on the Omakase Patreon. Uh, bringing in Paul vosch of voice of wrestling who does all the all Japan coverage does a really good job on along with Gerard and uh Thomas and you know some other people but yeah Paul is coming on Gerard is on for the first night and uh Paul is gonna be on for the finals so that's basically the main two voice of wrestling all japan people so uh yeah so Paul be on be tomorrow to do that and also the G1 uh night nine I believe if we go up to night nine so yeah so that'll be on the patreon. Uh, we'll have the G1 shows from Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday as well Because this is a really packed G1 week So, you know, all that stuff Plus all the uh, past content on the on the Patreon with all the G1 shows Champion Carnival shows and M1 shows we didn't cover on the free feed You can find all of that at patreon.com Slash Wrestling Omakase. $5 per month uh, Great time to sign up here at the start of the month You get, you know, an entire month worth of stuff here only five bucks and you'll hear all of our coverage all the way to the end of the g1 uh so it'll be a lot of fun so yeah patreon.com slash wrestling on feels like a low energy plug here but i just i don't know
0: what value
1: yeah it's a great it's it is uh i don't know i've reached a number where i'm happy with it like
0: is that number higher than the everything elite patreon that was your i don't know
1: th- no, 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 i think it is still below everything elite but like my i i had like a, a a financial number in mind mostly and i'm bas- uh, and i'm basically there so like i don't yeah, know for like the, these for the
0: listeners, John did tell me he's making $60,000 a
1: month <laughs> yes that's how much i'm making for sure but no i mean like there there were weeks in the past where i probably sounded like i was begging people to sign up and now it's like well you can sign up if you want i'll take more money but i've reached a point now where like if everybody sticks around, I'm pretty happy. So yeah, you're you know. part of the 1% now. <laughs> Thank you're part of the elite. Exactly. No, God, not that anything, but, <laughs> anything but that, uh, oh, that's another, that actually brings up another thing I want to mention. So, uh, it just made me think of Harold Bay getting fired, uh, as it sounds like, I mean, it, it could be resigned. It could, it probably was fired, you know, uh, read into what you will, but, they apparently mentioned on the Super Jcast. I haven't listened to the newest episode yet, but uh, they mentioned my run-in with Harold May uh, at Dominion 2019. Do you remember the story, Sky, did I Ever tell you this one? Hey, Were you throwing spit? <laughs> yeah. Something? So, so I promised uh, Manabu, one of the the uh, Super Jcast super fans, who also listened to Omakase, a lot that I would tell the story on Omakase this week. So basically, I'm at Dominion 2019. Uh, there, you know, at osaka Joe Hall. There is no intermission because, you know, New Japan had gotten rid of their intermissions uh, prior to COVID when they brought them back to, you know, do that fucking clean theater <laughs> bullshit they do. Because it's like, they, it's not even, it doesn't even spread by surfaces. Why are people still doing this shit? Anyway, <laughs> the cleaning theater intermission. But in 2019, there was no intermission. um But yeah, so I just, I had to pee really bad. Uh, but I also wanted to get back to my seat very quickly because... You know, want to watch the show? So I'm very quickly walking towards this exit, holding a Coke bottle. I see out of the corner of my eye a garbage can. I think I could kind of make out that there's a person there, but I seriously did not see who they were, or even that there was a person there for sure. And I just fucking fling the Coke bottle at this garbage can. And you know, my uh, my friend Krennlin, friend of the show, he's been on before, is standing right behind me, and you know, he's walking with me to the bathroom, I guess. And he sees me throw this Coke bottle. And I want to stress, I got it in the garbage can. I did not actually hit the man standing there. But Quinlan's like, do you know who you just almost threw a Coke bottle at? And I'm just like, who? I don't know. And he's like, that was fucking Harold May. And I'm like, oh, okay. Wow. It's like he jumped backwards. like he, <laughs> so, so he just sees, so from Harold's perspective, he sees this fucking big fat American Walking towards this garbage can, just fucking fling this Coke bottle like I'm about to toss it right in his fucking face, and like apparently did like an actual jump. I never, I'm relying on Quinlan's account because I never saw him until like I was you know halfway up the, the the staircase or whatever, and finally turned back and confirmed it was him. But well, yeah, to be fair,
0: so... to be fair, when he you, you said you saw a big fat American, you probably thought you were Chris Jericho, right? <laughs> Uh, I know he's Canadian, but, <laughs> I mean, he's definitely had a very similar build at that time of his there, career.
1: There you go. But, yeah, um, I don't know. It was very funny. <laughs> Just a very funny little story that I almost threw. Because all these people were posting this shit on Twitter when uh, Harold, you know, stepped down or whatever. Like, you know, oh, I met him outside this show. It was so nice. Oh, I met him at this meet and greet. He Because was... he always did these meet and greets outside the shows where he'd, like, meet up with the fans or whatever. And I was like, "Yep, my Harold interaction was. I almost threw a coke bottle at him. That was <laughs> that's my interaction with him." So,
0: yeah, if only you would have gotten like banned for life from <laughs> Osaka Joe Hall for something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I again, I want to stress because I've heard people tell the story as John hit Harold Bay with a coke bottle. I did not <laughs> hit him with the coke bottle. It yeah. made it in the garbage can. I had
0: then a- you yelled at him. It's like, yeah, I would have monkey flipped you too if you're super drunk. <laughs>
1: It's like I had great aim, okay. I was just very, uh, I was in a big rush, and I was like, I guess really, really aggress- aggressively whipped the thing in there, so he got very scared. <laughs> but you know, it was uh that's my run in,
0: and now he's gone. And now so, he's gone. There you go. Yeah. So now, all
1: because- obviously, all because of me, that's true. Uh, yeah. Obviously, this means the AEW New Japan relationship is going to happen tomorrow. So everybody get very excited for that. Uh yeah. some of these fucking tweets are people Finally. Finally. <laughs> it's like Darby <laughs> Allen and the best of Super Juniors. The only good thing that could come of it. <laughs> well people like, okay. If you look at these tweets, I mean, they're so fucking ridiculous of like the, the scenarios first of all, they're almost always people who like AW more than New Japan. It goes without saying. Second of all, they're like the fucking scenarios they lay out are always stuff that like really doesn't benefit New Japan at all and really is all about AEW and their storylines. Yeah. Like, the the one I saw that really was like, oh my god, was like, some guy was like, we can finally get it. Heel Golden Lovers versus Adam... <laughs> <Finally>. <laughs> Heel Golden Lovers versus Adam Page and Tadahashi on Dynamite. I'm like, wow. why would New Japan... So, okay, <laughs> so take Kota and Tanahashi, a established tag team in New Japan for wrestling, who are both baby faces, and split them up for the basis of New Japan storylines, and quickly turn Kota Bushi heel, so he can have a reunion with Kenny Omega. And, by the way, it's on Dynamite. I'm <laughs> like, okay, sure.
0: That's the thing, I don't, I don't understand how, you yeah. know... People square away, like, New Japan's USA stuff. Because, I mean, they're already running into issues with, like, Ring of Honor with this. So, of course, they would run into issues with, like, AEW, which has, like, bigger
1: touring plans. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I it wouldn't shock me if it happened eventually on, like, you know, like, some kind of limited basis. But, like, the people who think they're going to be, like, best buddies forever now and, you know, immediately announce, like, uh, they're merging into one company and all this shit. Just, like, I think you're just... uh... You know, it's like wish shit. You know, like I could stand here and be like, it'd be like me coming on the air and being like, Tetsuya Naito will be double champion for the next seven years. Uh, he'll be a he'll be Bruno Martino style. And like it, it, it's just what I want to happen. It's not actually anything yeah. that's realistic. So I don't know. Like some of the fucking like the the elite people are like AW people have like the most like I don't know like wish casting as prediction slash uh like i've ever seen i don't know and i shouldn't say all, because like, like there are plenty of aw fans that don't give a shit like the people on everything elite and stuff like they don't give a fuck if there's a new japan relationship but there's like a specific kind of aw fan that's like very you know gung-ho about it and has basically been asking about it like you know i know rich craig when he ever does those q and a's like he still gets these questions every week like about well, what would new japan AEW be like and it's like I think he just skips them now because it's like such a yeah. such a boring fucking topic.
0: So. Yeah, I actually think AEW is probably better off, or like their style is now becoming more distinct as they've like gotten away from just being like, oh, we're just going to try to be like New Japan or try to be like ROH. Like, I think them, you know, hitching their wagons to someone like Eddie Kingston, like it makes them feel like a more unique promotion. So even if you are an AEW fan, like, why do you want it to just be like another promote? Like, just watch New Japan if you want that. <laughs> right.
1: Like, it's like I don't, I don't, I, like don't, I don't watch. Pocket. I don't watch AEW because I don't really like AEW. Like, I don't really need AEW and New Japan to mix, or you know, just doesn't, it doesn't really appeal to me at all, so. But I get it. Like, if some, if some AEW fans, uh, you know, want, I mean, some AEW fans really just want that fucking Golden Lovers reunion more than anything else on Earth, and uh, like I said, I think everybody knows, like, the, like, I, I don't really have to have to dance around the story anymore, because I think it's kind of out there. Like, Bix is tweeting about it and stuff. I mean, there are there's bigger roadblocks if stories are to be believed than just the fact that they're in separate companies, you know. So, yeah. I mean, if I know some people don't think some people think that story is bullshit, I kind of think you know that there's enough smoke to that fire at this point that uh, I tend to think it's at least partially true. But you know, talking about the the merch money story from uh yeah yeah before before they left for AEW, so I don't know. It is what it is. But uh, I definitely don't... I obviously don't miss, like... I mean, the only thing I... When I, when I think about Ketty in Japan, like, the only thing I would really like to see is, like, another Omega-Naito match or something. But, you know, I'll live. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think Omega will 100%, even probably with, like, AEW's blessing, at some point come back and do a you know New Japan stuff similar to what he did for DDT. And eventually it will be in New Japan's, like best you know to do like almost like a jericho thing where he comes in for a few dates or something like that i think that's probably the most likely way that you're going to see a relationship not some sort of full-time talent exchange or anything like to that level
1: yeah like i think eventually like you know talking like 2022 or something maybe something like, something like that can happen i mean if people don't know we're still in the middle of a fucking global pandemic too so it's like even if the two sides wanted to work together tomorrow it wouldn't really be that easy but uh you know I don't know. I don't know why we're on this. I kind of think we can move off this stupid topic. So, let's talk about the G1 Climax, which uh, just had Night 8 from... Actually, not just had it. It was back on Thursday. But look, there were no shows between Thursday and Sunday, so I saved this one for the uh, for the free recording here. But yeah, it was from Nagawoka uh, October, Thursday, October 1st. Um, I would say this was one of the weaker shows that G1 so far. Not like a show i hated or anything i mean I, some people seem to really hate it there were you know still a few matches i liked but like um as far as like a night that like compared to some of the earlier ones i think it was probably the weakest show that for sure the weakest b block show uh probably the weakest show overall maybe i'd have to really think about it i didn't like that a block show that much uh in koriken because i really didn't like that shingo ishii match at all but uh... yeah,
0: see, I, I, I would I would pretty I would disagree with you being this being one of the weakest shows. You know, I think that for me, I have only one match on this whole show below three stars. Mm. Um. You know, spoiler warning. But I think that generally what I like about the B-Block shows in general is that I just feel like there's a lot of variety. Right. Even outside of like Yano, you know, Zack Sabre Jr. has been like one of the highlights of the tournament because he just stands out a lot. And, you know, Yoshihashi's run feels, like, totally different than anything else going on right now. And even, like, you know, Naito's matches have been, like, typical New Japan style, but they've just been, like, really, really good. So, even though, you know, this is, I don't think this show has any blowaways, I think some of the A Block shows, while they might have, like, one match that's really good, you know, typically I feel like the average is just so much worse.
1: Yeah, the so that like I I I feel like this this debate has gone on a lot, especially in like the Voice of Wrestling Slack and stuff. There's basically like two types of New Japan fan, right? Uh there's a the type that like is just blown away by the A block every night. They're getting like, you know, exactly what they want from these A block matches, and you know, that's all they really want out of the G1 is just like, you know, all these A block matches. And they don't care about the B block at all because it doesn't have the quote unquote work rate. And Damn. and I think you and I are probably the other type of fan that really likes the B block, just really likes the wrestlers in the B block and like, you know, even if it if it doesn't always have the highest end uh you know, quote unquote work rate, um, you know, we really enjoy like the, the personalities and like, you know, the, the differences between the wrestlers and stuff. Like I I mean, there's a lot of wrestlers in B block that I just personally like, even if like, you know, I'm always gonna kinda be a Hiroki to stan, even when yeah. he's, his shoulders clearly falling off, and he's having to do three minute matches because because of that, uh, I really like Kenta. Um, I like Sonata, who I know you hate. Uh, <laughs> I like. <laughs> but, I, I'll save it for the main event. <laughs> okay, I like Evil. Uh, I don't know. Actually, don't know your feelings on Evil, but
0: uh, uh, well, I I like him a lot more now that he makes the worst people in the world extremely.
1: Angry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wow, you're like the Republican of a of new Japan
0: <laughs> and, look, and look if Dick Togo is attached to you, Dick Togo could be seconding like, you know, uh, pillar, <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying, <laughs> trying to think of a bad wrestler, but I was like, no, it has to be stronger than that. If Dick Togo is like coming out to you, you know, cutting some promos looking mean, I'll probably root for you. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I get it, but, uh, I, I mean, I like evil. I really like Yoshihashi, especially in this tournament, you know, Tanahashi has been good. Uh, it, I mean, Tomohashi picks the spots at this point, but it's understandable. Uh, you know, I like and I and obviously, um, I have a higher tolerance for the Toriyano stuff than a lot of other people. The only guy in this in the, in the B block that's really annoyed me so far is Juice, but like, it, it's I don't really blame him. It's just like it's really hard for him to do what he does. I guess with the clap crowds, but yeah, I just feel like he's been kind of a drag on some of these shows. Yeah, how do you feel about the clap crowds? They don't really, I mean, they don't bother me that much. I mean, it depends on the, I, I feel like as long as they're still, like, doing the clapping enough to, like, it's not complete silence, it doesn't really bother me that much. Um, you know, I can, I definitely think it bothers other people way more than it bothers me. But
0: Yeah, I, w- I would count myself in that. I think it just, it does take a lot away from certain types of meshes. You know, I think, like, uh, you know what I,
1: do know Do you know why I really noticed it in Shingo Ishii? that went on forever and like i knew with like a like with that's why i'm so surprised like the a block people are so into this because it's like those type of matches really need like more of a crowd reaction i think yeah because i mean the
0: crowds love osprey and they love shingo and they love like a lot of the guys in that block and you'd think they'd be going insane for these matches yeah so yeah
1: but yeah i mean like it, it depends on the type of match like you said but uh you know um, but yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, I mean, Nightown Zach to me are like the two MVPs of the entire tournament so far. So like, they're just having outstanding matches pretty much every time out. So, um, but yeah, so let's start here with the opener, which was a, a Young Lion match. Uh, Yota Tsuji and Gabriel K going to a 15 minute time limit draw. Uh, this was the first of the Young Lion matches that went to a, a time limit draw. I, I, I know Joe Joe Lanza uh, was speculating that maybe it's because they had to go so, go so short on goto and zach because of goto maybe having a legitimate injury which could be possible um it it was a little i mean i guess having to go 15 minutes it was a little more dull than your average young lion match uh during this tour for a while um but the crowd did get like really into gabriel Kidd uh having suji in that boston crab towards the end of it um you know the countdown of the time limit obviously like really increase the excitement level as well. But I don't know. I saw people saying like, this was like a really good match. And to me, I wouldn't even put it as like the, the top tier of the young lion matches on this tour. But, uh, you know, I just say like, I wrote like three stars on it It was fine. um, But it just, I definitely like some of the other ones better, even though, you know, the, the countdown is exciting and all that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think I liked it a little bit more than you. I was probably more in the three and a quarter, three and a half range, but I think the, the thing that I liked the most about it was that it felt, yeah, you know, I don't know how much notice they got. Yeah, you know, like you said, the Goto match—if that affected things, like how when they knew this was going to be a draw—but it actually builds off of the you know the previous Young Lion matches pretty well, and the sort of like how the matches have been ending, and then blowing past those as like false finishes. I actually think it sort of you know almost tells like a nice little story, which makes me interested like what they're going to do for the rest of the tour because it did. You know, a lot of times I feel like a draw like this. Sometimes when you've had like clear winners for the past matches, so it's like, okay, well, where do you go after this? Um, but I don't know. I, I, I do enjoy, I much prefer these over like having to skip like four tags or like getting caught and be like, oh, maybe I'll watch a tag and that's always bad. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, a nice, like six to seven minute, like young line match where I can just, you know, get caught up in that story, I think is much preferable for yeah, me. Yeah.
1: I mean, this, this is like one of the things where. Uh, I actually hope they keep it the same after COVID because it, lo- it just makes these shows a lot easier to have them. Li- I mean, I usually just fast-forward through all the tags either- anyway, but I don't have to do that anymore. So, you know, <laughs> it's just easier every day. Yeah. Uh, match number two, Juice Robinson defeating Toriano in 642 with a roll-up. Um, this was pretty fun. I, I like... I always feel like an idiot, like, breaking down Yano matches, it's like, <laughs> like it's... let's
0: go into the work,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's not really what they're supposed to be done for, like, did I, what, did it amuse me? It amused me, um, you know, there was, like, there was some stuff early on where, like, Yano was, like, telling Zeus to, like, he gave him a t-shirt, and asked him to wear it during the match, and then tried to roll him up when he put, turned his back to put it on, that was kind of funny, I like, sprayed water in his eyes from the spray bottle he has, and, uh, but Juice kicked out of that roll-up as well. And then Juice got, like, very angry and just, like, stood up and started shouting, like, you're an asshole at him, which I thought was funny. Uh, and, like, ripped his t-shirt off and, like, wiped his ass with it and, you know, stepped on it in the ring. And Nicole entered the room the moment I said wipe the, wiped his ass with it. It was very confused. But, uh, there you go. It was a t-shirt. That's what he was doing. Wiping <laughs> his ass with a t-shirt. He's still giving me a look. Listen, uh, <laughs> I don't know if that makes it any clearer. Uh, Yano Yano looked a little hurt actually when he was doing that, which is kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, then the tape where like Juice yeah. had like hop up and down.
0: Yeah, uh, y- Yano was selling the yeah you know, selling the eyes after, or like in the pothole where he's like I couldn't see anything. So,
1: but yeah, uh, Juice like yelled at him to eat shit and then gave him left hand to God. Um, but yeah, there you go. The, the, like the only thing i would say i mean i get, i gave it three stars the rolls at the end were kind of stupid like they just kind of slow motion or something but uh you know i was enjoying it until the finish so like who cares about star ratings in a yano match i give them for yeah. completion's sake but uh yeah but yeah i mean like the, the yano matches the funniest thing about them is how angry people get about them it's like yeah they're six and a half minutes long guys who gives yeah. a fuck
0: it's, it's like yeah you know, i said earlier about b block shows it really does make this like the block of variety and you know for me it's it's not it's not like yano is having you know it was his run like two years ago where he had like this the zack saber jr match and like that he had like some matches that were like actually legitimately great oh when he was like and
1: pretending he was gonna do real wrestling
0: yeah yeah that was and really it- good <laughs> Yeah, uh, so this match is definitely more average, but I I do think that he's been good. I, I really actually really like the, the Sonata match. I think that
1: was like a re- that was a a really fun one. So yeah, and they always have like weird chemistry. I've noticed those two. Uh, yeah, the next match, Hiroki Goto losing to Zack Saber Jr. in 3:59 at the European Clutch. Uh, I forgot to mention the last match. That was Yano's first loss, which is kind of funny. But yeah, Yano's now three and one, and Juice is also three and one. Uh, this one, meanwhile, Zach got up to 2-2 two and two and dropped Godo to 1-3. and three. Uh, The G- Th- Did you see Zach's post-match promo, by the way?
0: I did. Yeah. I, as the go- <laughs> Godot mark, it really did hurt. Like, I appreciate the effort, but it did. It,
1: like, <laughs> pierced me through my soul. He's like, the G and... In- I can't do it for his So He's just like, the G and G1 stands for Godo, huh? And he just starts laughing and, like, walking away.
0: Yeah, it's a 20-minute... It's, like, a 20-second promo (laughs) because he just walks his brain. That's all he says. He just laughs. Um,
1: I know. Speaking of Nicole, she thought that was really funny. But, yeah. uh, We start with some cool little chain wrestling. Uh, Zach, you know, of course, like, he tried to get an arm breaker on Godot right away thanks to that big bandage, like, over his right arm and shoulder. Uh, And Zach... Zach, like, went really hard at Godot's injury after he made the ropes, which... Makes sense. He was, like, stomping away in the corner and, like, shoved the ref down. Uh, Goto came back with the Goroshi really quickly, which should have been the clue, I guess, that this was not going to go long at all. But he was still selling the bad arm really well. Uh, he went for the middle kick of death, that big charge-up middle kick he does. Yeah. Does that have an actual name? I think it does, right? I can't remember what it is. Oh no, It's some
0: sort of Dragon Ball Z yeah, yeah. spook. <laughs> uh,
1: but, yeah, Zach rolls him up out of the GTR, and that's it. So, uh, very quick match here. I enjoyed it a lot while it lasted. I went, like, I get. I guess I'll go three stars again. But I was looking forward to this one a lot, so I was pretty disappointed it was sub-five minutes. I assume, like I said, there's, like, Goto's real injury was acting up here, and they decided... I mean, he's going to get a lot of days off after this, so hopefully he's ready to go by Tuesday. But, uh, yeah, they, they clearly didn't want to have him doing a longer match here.
0: Yeah, well, considering I, I watched the entire G1 in like the span of like three days, I welcomed very much an extremely short match. Um, but I, I, I really like this. Also, like I said, I think for you know if you're doing a four minute match, this is about as good as you can do. So I gave it three and a half. I thought it was like you know for the effort and the amount of planning that needs to get you know this match from point A to point B, yeah. and you know get Goto offense too, despite his injury. Um, I think it worked really well. And I think, you know, the best thing I think about Zack Sabre Jr. is that he fe- his matches feel like they can end any time. Yeah. Which does not really feel the case for, like, many wrestlers in New Japan at all. Yeah. You know, that was
1: one of the things that I thought really made Zack and Naito work, was, like, even though that match ended up going, like, you know, 27 minutes, there were a lot of points where it felt like it could have ended much sooner, which is not normally the case for those, like, pushing 30-minute, you know, New Japan main events.
0: Yeah, a lot lot of the longer New Japan matches, you can sort of tell it's like, well, it's not going to end because you're going to at least need to like, you know, like, I always think of, like, evil Okada matches. Like, they're going to have some Rainmaker and everything is equal. Like, the, the counter just works too well, so they're going to do it a few times. And, yeah, a few matches... Naito has, like, a few of those, too, where, you know, the Destino is just too perfectly countered into a few different moves. They're like, well, we got to do the counter sequence. It's going to yeah. be great. Where, yeah, I, I think Saber Jr., Yeah, not only is it great in this tournament, but you could make a case that... You know, over his career, he's been, like, one of the best wrestlers in the world. He might be, like, a top five-ish wrestler in New Japan right
1: now. Yeah, I mean, he's been really, really... I mean, he's one of those guys that, like, when he gets pushed to the background a little bit, because I think he's clearly been positioned as, like, the number two in his own tag team, that, like, you can kind of forget how good he is. And then once this tournament... I mean, I thought those uh, Dangerous Techers Golden Lovers matches were all, or all... Golden Lovers. Golden Aces <laughs> matches were both awesome anyway. Uh, but like just seeing him in this tournament as a singles guy again, it's like, oh yeah, this guy is like actually amazing. So you know, uh, I know not everybody feels that way. Like people find his matches boring or whatever. It's like I don't, we just we watch wrestling for very different reasons. I guess I don't know what to tell. If you can't get into like you know Zach and Naito exchanging holds then, like I don't know what to tell you. That's what that's what I'm here for. So
0: yeah, I I could definitely see yo. I, I guess I would like to see him maybe move up and do some sort of, you know, whether it's the new the U.S. title or the IC title or something, give him some sort of, like, upper card. Well, he was supposed um, to thing.
1: challenge Moxie for the U.S. title before the COVID thing happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that kind of was probably a part of the idea, too. But, I mean, you know, he's been in a bunch of semi-main events with Taichi and stuff, but, you know, it's just not used to him being in a tag team, I guess. Yeah. Uh, our next match was Hiroshi Tanahashi, Defeating Yoshihashi in 1841 uh, with the high fly flow. So Tana goes to two and two, and Yoshi goes to one and three. This fucking rocked. Uh, like, this was awesome. And was very good. Yoshihashi, I, I mean, okay. I, I keep taking a victory lap on this one because I saw so many fucking people complain about him getting picked for this G1. And I just wanted to be like, Yoshihashi is, first of all, he's at worst, he's fine. You know he's not like he's he's not like he's ever actively bad really. The only times I can remember him being actively bad um, were like a few tag team matches where he wasn't that great. But like for the most part, he's usually fine. At worst, and if he gets going and is motivated, and I was like, why the fuck wouldn't he be motivated to be back in his T1 after he missed it last year? Uh, he can be great, and he's been great. This is his. I mean, this is the second four star match I have for him already out of four shows, and like. You know, this match of the Evil match were really, really good. And some of his other matches have been really good, too. I mean, the, uh, what was his other match? I don't remember now. The only one I didn't really like was the Sonata one, uh, which wasn't that good. Oh, the Juice yeah. match, which I gave, like, three and a half stars. Yeah. So, like, he's having a great G1. I mean, you know, he's just... He's been one of these guys that, like, people complained about that they uh, should not have complained about because he's really good. So, you know.
0: Yeah, I I, I went three and a half on this. I think it maybe went a tiny bit longer than I would want. Yeah, it went almost, it went 19 minutes. But I actually think that this is probably the, you know, this is probably going to be Yoshihashi's. I mean, it might be his, like, biggest moment in the company, depending on what happens in coming years, where he is, you know, he gets this sort of push. You know, he gets to go toe-to-toe with, like, a lot of big stars. And, you know, I feel like this, if this is his ceiling, then he's, like, making the most of it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean he's I,
1: he's a perfect guy to be an underdog, and that's obviously what he's going to be in this G one. And just you know, it's worked really well. I mean, you, you people get like really wrapped up with these blocks, and it's like you don't want like ten guys who are all like you know superstar main
0: eventers. Yeah, yeah,
1: you don't want like ten guys who are all like fucking superstar main eventers because then like you you're telling the same story over and over again, which I think has kind of crept into the A-block, except for, like, Yujiro, who's... <laughs> Yujiro and Yujiro's matches have been good for the same reason, because he can go out there and play underdog against, like, Minoru Suzuki, and it just feels, like, so different from what what else is going on in the A-block. And here it's like, you know, Yoshihashi... You, you you have a guy who can go in there and make Atanohashi look dominant and really get to, you know, get behind this story where Yoshihashi is, like, trying to knock off this main event. It's just a very... Like, you don't want ten guys that are all the same, so... I'm happy to have Yoshihashi here. Yeah.
0: Do you miss the guest people, guest appearances in the G1 at all?
1: Uh, a little, I guess. Uh, yeah. It depends on depends on who we're talking. There have been yeah, some I guests. Guess it
0: on the guests. There have been <laughs> some
1: guests that? who have been pretty bad over the years.
0: So. I was just thinking because I'm watching like Mayor Fuji versus Nakajima today, and just thinking like, yeah, you know, uh, thinking about that G1. But I actually think that sometimes that a lot of people clamor for that, but it sort of prevents you from telling stories like this. Yeah, it prevents you from ever giving someone like Yoshihashi or, you know, even to like Juice or someone on that level or Yujiro, the you don't give them anything to do during the year. So it's just like, well, what's the point of having them if the, yeah this is the, this is the reason you keep them for tournaments like this?
1: Exactly. Uh, the the like notable stuff that I thought happened this match. First of all, Tanahashi, uh, God bless him for selling that stupid butterfly lock like it was like literally killing him because it's like he'll do that for anything i guess because that that hold is so stupid but tanahashi almost made it look good uh and there was like this great little spot too, where yoshi like went for the karma but tanahashi basically countered it out of it with like a modified twist and shout just basically threw the dude down oh, yeah. yeah that looked really cool uh but yeah i mean there was a I just... I liked his face, too, when he went for the finish. Like, so he... You know, they kept trading moves before that. Like, Yoshihashi almost wrote Tanahashi up when he tried the Texas Cloverleaf. That was an awesome near fall. Uh, and then he ducked the Sling Blade, hit a pretty great Dragon Suplex, and just dropped Tanahashi on his head with that uh, and got his double knees for a two count. Uh, then that, like, Fisherman's Buster Head Drop thing that I think does have a name, but, you know. To give him a second shout-out in this episode, I'm not Andrew Rich. I don't know all these move names. But yes, it get, that got a two count. Uh, and then Tanahashi, you know, he, like, f- fights out of the karma again. Uh, Yoshi's, like, coming back with this chop and, you know, like, basically chopping him pretty hard. And then Tanahashi hits the sling blade for a two count. And then as he goes up to the top rope, he almost has this look on his face like, I've had enough of this, enough of this shit. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm gonna put, just trying to put this dork away, which looked great. Uh, definitely just, he Tanahashi comes up with some awesome, like, uh, and very appropriate facial expressions. And that one definitely was one of them. And then he hits the standing crossbody high fly flow, then the real one, and that gets the pin. But yeah, I went, like I said, I went four stars flat on this. I really liked it. Uh, just I'm very into the Yoshihashi uh, storyline here. So you know, I almost wish he hadn't beaten Sonata. I wish he was still on four. But uh, you know, I definitely definitely am enjoying his run in this tournament.
0: Yeah. Do you know who he faces on the last night? I was wondering if it would be he would be positioned as some sort of spoiler to someone. I
1: don't think he is. I think he's facing somebody who's definitely going to be out of it. But let me double check uh i believe it is uh, no i can't think of it so let me just wait um he's fishing yano well
0: yeah he's going to prevent yano from going to the final
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe yano can still uh,
0: be Chalk another loss for the yano stands.
1: <laughs> uh the semi-main event evil defeating kenta in 1540 with the evil Gets him to 2-2, two and, two, and Kenta's now at 2-2. Two two. Uh, this was a little disappointing to me. I was I was really in- expecting this to be good, because I've, I've enjoyed both of them in this G1 so far, but, like, it was pretty boring for a lot of the way. It was, like, just evil tossing Kenta shoulder-first in the post and stuff. And, you know, Kenta's selling is... Kenta's selling was actually pretty damn good, but he's one of these dudes whose character is, like, such a complete asshole that it's, really, like, really difficult for me to watch the match and, like... You know sympathize with him And be like you know really feel bad for him For getting beat up It's just like well you know Maybe it's different for people who are not uh, Naito stands But I, it's hard for me to sympathize much with Kenta But you know this was like a weird one Where like the the ref bumps at first Were actually kind of like improved the match I thought like it, it really picked up After the first ref bump Where like you know Kenta grabbed his big red briefcase Just nailed Dick Togo with it When he asked him to hand it over Which yes. just was kind of funny uh, and then hit Evil with it too, which I think was the first cheating he's done during this entire tournament so far, which I thought was interesting. Uh, and then got hit him the double foot stomp and the Bushaku knee kick and evil kicked out. And then Evil like almost came back into the role of like the Valiant Babyface trying to come back from Kent's cheating at first because he hit the, like this Darkness Falls and the Big Lariat. Just a very different perspective on Evil than we've seen recently. Uh, and then to like hit, hit this really cool series of slaps. Right to the face. Just so we got the 15 minute mark. Uh, went for the go to sleep. But there, here's where things got stupid. So Dick Togo uh, got recovered and got on the apron. Uh, Kenta throws him in the ring for some reason. Dick Togo tries to low blow him right in front of the ref. And it's like I don't know what. Like Kenta just let him do it. That'd be a DQ. Even in this company it had to be a DQ. And two points. But Kenta blocks it instead. Uh, give, tries to go to sleep on him. Uh, Togo grabs red shoes from up on kenta's shoulders and that lets evil low blow kenta from behind and give him the st over the pin it's so it's one of these things that's so stupid it almost worked but like the actual visual of dick togo grabbing red shoes just looked very dumb uh like from up on the up on kenta's shoulders so you know i don't know like i was really getting into it finally down the stretch uh like i said everything after kenta grabbed the briefcase uh but the ending was so fucking stupid i took points off for it so like i went three and a quarter
0: yeah i went i went i i liked it even more than you i did yeah i didn't have i would say that Kenta is someone that i have struggled connecting with although i do think he's been good in this tournament um and i agree that he had some issues like trying to play the baby face during the match but then like even as i thought maybe that they were going to play that in the post-match promo a little bit, but he actually, you know, was just calling the camera guy fat and saying that's a reason <laughs> for losing. Um, so not, I mean, not the most baby-faced position to take, <laughs> I think. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the the finish just really let it down. And it, every time I see, like, Dick Togo, like, get involved a lot, it just makes me want him in the G1. It's like, why isn't this just Dick Togo versus Kenta? <laughs> like, why, why is uh, Gato doing this to me? Where it's like, these, you know, we're so close to this. Yeah, we have we have all these other weird matches. Like, why can't we just get Dick Togo on some of these shows?
1: Yeah. I guess it's just not gonna happen, but it is normal, no. I guess. Uh the main event of the evening, where well I guess we'll hear it. You you did tease us earlier. Uh Tetsuya Naito loses to Sonata in twenty seven oh eight with a moonsault. So Sonata gets his first win. He is now one and three, and Naito takes his first loss, he's three and one. Uh I really like this, except for the end. <laughs> which had issues, uh, which I couldn't really go four stars on as a result. But, you know, I thought it was really fun. A lot of the way, I went like three and three quarters. Had um, this been like an, an awesome, awesome match, like Naito's had with a lot of other people in this tournament so far, I mean, this was my lowest rated Naito match of the tournament so far. Um, you know, it definitely would have been like a home run show, I guess, because the was you know, mostly for the, for the most part, very enjoyable. But the fact that this was like a little disappointing is why you know, definitely
0: took down the rest of the show to me. Yeah, well, you know, oftentimes I've definitely called Sonata maybe the worst major league wrestler, <laughs> you know, in the business. Yeah, you know, definitely very boring. And I have to say, in the words of John Ensman, the New Japan fan rep guy, I was in Paradise watching Sonata <laughs> during this match. I, I think, I don't know if it... Maybe his effort is the problem that I usually have with him, or maybe Naito just knows him super well from being in the same faction with him and that's why the smash clicked for me. But I thought I thought you yeah, like you, I think basically until the finish this match was awesome. Yeah, I think that the you know, he is not as awkward as you think you know, I think he can be like fired up. He can show fire that he can have like these more heavy hitting matches. Like this match had a lot of back and forth. It wasn't just like tons of skull end or anything like that. And it just makes me wonder like why he isn't like this all the time.
1: I think he needs and, somebody else to lay out the match for him. Probably. Cause Naito yeah. uh, uh, you know, a famously like kind of a genius of, uh, like match layouts. That's why he got that, uh, you know, like the wrestling genius nickname originally. So, you know, I don't know. It's, uh, I'm sure he benefited from Naito, you know, being able to play the match out for him.
0: Yeah, I I think the finish was just, there's so much, like, awkwardness in trying to, you know, get quite to the finish. I guess it's sort of, like, the pre-finish, like, you know, in the last, like, two or three minutes. That's sort of where they had some issues, like, getting on the same page. By the way, I think I said
1: Wrestling Genius, that's Keiji Mudo. I should have, of course, said Stardust Genius, but there you go. (laughs) Is it Keiji? Keiji Mudo was Wrestling Genius, right? Wasn't that his nickname? (laughs)
0: I I guess. I mean I what, what am I supposed to know? <laughs> I think I the think wrestling that was... Gen- see I feel like you just made that up. I
1: honestly. think KG I, I well, think the that the,
0: was... the wrestling genius genius is um, you know, King James Chris Hero. That's the real <laughs> wrestling genius. He has this whole subreddit that's called the Wrestling Genius. That is
1: true. I think I yeah. think that was KG Middle's nickname at one point though. I think it was like especially the the like ninety nine through like oh or like two thousand two thousand one like comeback period with like the shaved yeah. head. I think that was like wrestling genius. But anyway, it yeah. doesn't matter. I
0: started, wa- I started watching wrestling in two thousand fourteen, so <laughs> I mean I have I have gone back and watched a lot of nineties wrestling, but mainly it just like rings. <laughs> so it's just yeah, it's not the same. It's not my forte. Yeah.
1: Um
0: but yeah, I, I think that despite the awkwardness, like most of the early parts of the match were super good. And yeah, I think even you know, it got over Sonata having like maybe the worst finish around any I mean, I think the Skullend. Honestly, I think changing that could make. I mean, it could make all of his matches better. I think it really could make like that level of difference. The amount that he leans on is like a transitional move or something to set up his finish, and the fact that it always looks terrible. I mean, even s- just a small change like that, I feel like could go a long way for him.
1: I agree. Yeah, for sure. Um, there was like a. There's one spot I wanted to call it in particular because. It's one of these spots that I that maybe was even too brutal for the spot in the match. Like Sonata, at one point they're on, they're fighting the top rope, and Sonata drops down behind behind Naito and like drop kicks him right into the fucking post, shoulder first. It just looks so brutal, like one of those really yeah. insane Naito bubs. Uh, and then Sonata gives him like this. Uh, I was gonna ask for your opinion on this move because I couldn't tell if this looked cool or not. But Sonata gave him like a neck breaker across his knee with both of them jumping off the ropes. Uh, Naito saw it like he was shot. So that helped a lot. Yeah. But I couldn't actually tell if the move looked cooler. I think it's the first time Sunday's ever yeah. done it.
0: I don't think I haven't watched it back in like slow motion or anything, but I liked it live. I uh, you know, I like any move that feels like it has like a big impact. Yeah. Even if it's based, you know, half of the wrestling moves that even like huge wrestling moves are basically just like it's the person who's selling it just throwing themselves <laughs> on the ground. That's like what wrestling is. Yeah. So I, I feel like looking into the minute details of a move to be like, well, actually he's DTDing himself when he does this. <laughs> it's like, it's just, that's for nerds. Don't do that. Yeah.
1: Cause like a lot of moves, I mean, it's really noticeable, obviously when there's a botch and like when the, the timing's off, because somebody uh, might actually like just end up like, I i can't remember what matches happened. I don't think it was this one, but like there was a spot with a DT recently it might've been Suzuki, and Cobb or something where like one of them went down way before the other uh and you could just tell like it was a guy just flinging himself down to get to would but yeah um you know Naito just started destroying Sonata with these back elbows I love the back elbows that Naito does now it's like the rawest addition to his arsenal because like he he does that with that wrist wrist, wrist clutch too and like you know it just looks so brutal and he gave the audience a nice little like evil smirk here in between like yeah I'm killing your hometown boy who gives a shit yeah. um also that that he hasn't Naito hasn't tried that Esperanza thing uh for a while I think not since the evil match of Jingu when they botched it real bad it looked awesome here like yeah, I think and- if Sanada took that better than anybody else has taken that so far
0: yeah, I think Naito's offense is just like so smartly put together. And it's clearly just been refined like over the years. But I think, you know, post his heel turn, this is like my, you know, it's probably my favorite since like the initial run in terms of his moves are all so impactful now. He just like, he's those knows, knows how to chain everything together. And yeah, you know, this is like what I want out of like Sonata to have like this type of, you know, you never think of like Sonata's moveset as like high impact or anything he yeah. needs to take some take some notes from Naito and just diversify a little bit
1: yeah uh, and Naito did like this cool like running inverted DET that was set up Destino style but was not a Destino that I thought was pretty cool I don't know if I've ever seen him do that before uh, and then Synodic, like countered the real Destino into a TKO in midair that looked awesome yeah that was awesome Uh, But yeah, so then we get uh, You know, the the finish, like I said The problem here was uh, You know, was like the final fucking You know, the big botch was around the 25 minute call He goes to the running desk, you know uh, You know, Sonata Kind of like freezes And, you know, just kind of fucks up But, uh, you know, what are you going to do? But yeah, I mean, like Naito, you know, at one point he goes for Valentia and Sonata counted with like this knee to the head in midair. That looked pretty good. And then Sonata got a counter for on Naito when Naito went for
2: Valentia. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. dot com and check out noom's first ever cookbook the noom kitchen for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living available to buy now wherever books are sold
1: plenty again so everything else after that you know running destiny was good but like yeah i mean i, I went to, decided to go three and three quarters because like it was just a little too botched at the end for me to go four stars but i did really enjoy it so
0: yeah it- yeah, one of the things he said that was interesting to me, too, was Naito, I mean, obviously playing more heelish in this match, but I don't know if he's... Uh, his post-match promo, he was, like, going full, full babyface. Yeah, he... It was maybe one, in terms of his post-match promos, like, one of his most flat-out, like, white-meat babyface promos I've seen, which I was pretty surprised by, like, after that match. But I think it's also just to give Sonata, like, the shine a little bit. Yeah. to give yeah.
1: But, uh, and Naito's next match is Yoshihashi. I cannot wait for that. I'm, uh, I'm actually, I'm kind of mad it's not the main event, but what are you going to do? Semi main. But, uh, all right. So let's update the B block standings here. Uh, we have a tie for first place with Juice Robinson, Toriano, Tetsuya Naito, all tied for first, three and one, six points. Uh, Tanahashi, Zach Sabre Jr., Kenta, and Evil, all two and two, four, four points. And then tied for last. Goto, Yoshihashi, and Sonata, all 1-3 and three for two points. So we'll see who gets on a run now here as we're about halfway through, you know, four out of the nine matches. Uh, I also, do you have, like, a top ten list for your favorite matches or anything, or no?
0: I don't have it off the top of my head, but I would say that, you know... For me, the only match of the G1 so far that I would consider a sort of like match of the year contender is probably a Bushi Ishii, mm. um, which no surprise there. I really like their match, you know, their last match, their last G1 match. Um, I, I just think that's worked really well. Um, an and eight, I would say. It's
1: an eighth place for me, but.
0: Yeah. And I would say outside of that, the other match that I would say is also like either just a shade below match of the year, like right on that would probably be the Naito Zack Sabre junior match.
1: That's my number two match. You didn't like Naito Tanahashi.
0: No, I, I liked it. I, I gave it four stars, but like, okay. I'm i I'm a tough star Raider and you know, but okay. like I said, I, I would say that. And then, um, yeah, probably I, I actually really liked, um, one of the Suzuki matches. I think I, I think it was Suzuki Yujiro. I don't know why. I think it's Suzuki Taichi. That was awesome. Oh, I gave that four uh,
1: stars. Yeah. So yeah. let me go through my top 10 real quick. Uh, so, 10th place and 9th place, both 4 stars. Uh, Yoshihashi vs. Evil from night 4 in 10th place. And then Taichi vs. Suzuki from night 3 in 9th. Uh, then 8th through 4th are all 4 and a quarter. So 8th place, Ibushi vs. Ishii from night 5. Uh, seven White vs. Shingo from night 1. Six Okada vs. Taichi from night 7. The only Okada match I think I have higher than 3 and a quarter so far. Taichi, Taichi oh. saved Okada's G1. Yes, that is true. The only Okada match I have hired in three and a quarter so far. Uh, Kenta versus Zack in fifth place, night six. Uh, Suzuki versus Ishii from night one and fourth. And then my top three, uh, Ibushi versus Jay White from night three. I went four and a half. Second place, Naito versus Zack from night four. I went four and a half. And first place, Naito and Tanahashi from night two. I went four and three quarters. So, uh, Naido Tanahashi is definitely like third place on my match of the year list. I think I put Naito and Zach on my match of the year list too. I think I put like sixth or seventh. So those are two. Those are the two matches that are, uh, I guess, match of the year level so far for me in the G1. So.
0: Yeah. More importantly, for the standings for the uh, Voices of Wrestling G1 Pick'em, I'm tied for 34th, but basically tied for like third at 28 <laughs> points and doing great. Uh, sadly, if, you know, hopefully I'm not doing too well because I did pick Will Osprey as my winner <laughs> um, through some roundabout uh, dumb logic. Uh, so if that happens and I win, you know, I'll just probably be more upset at myself for what I wrought <laughs>
1: uh, And I guess the other thing I can update really quick is the average star ratings for everybody since we're about halfway through. So probably no Are surprise. Are you log on to the Grapple app or <laughs> no, no. These I, <laughs> right? have a, I have a spreadsheet. Okay, the I cage a, match inmates. A, a spreadsheet. <laughs> so I have uh, no surprise to most people. Probably I have Naito in first place with a four and a quarter average rating so far so just killing it so far second place a bit surprising i have jay white in second with a four star average rating i've really enjoyed him so far in this g1 uh, other than an okada batch uh and then third place i have a tie between zach and taichi both at 3.88 so oh and tanahashi too also at 3.88 so those are that's pretty much oh let's say like a fifth place person or no i guess that would be like yeah, three through fifth okay so that's enough. I don't have to go through everybody. But uh, if you're wondering who my bottom guy is so far, uh, I guess it's Yano at 2.75, but really, who cares about Yano? So let's see. Uh, Yujiro, 2.94. And then Okada at 3.... I was really 0- hoping Okada
0: would be like nice. <laughs> No,
1: Okada's like third to the bottom with 3.06. He probably was last before that Taiji match, but I really, really like that Taichi match, so... It kind of saved him because I really I hate his first three matches. I mean, I get it. It's a storyline, blah, blah, blah. But like they were just crappy matches, just not at all enjoyable to watch, you know.
0: So my issue with that, the whole thing where it's like, well, Okada is having bad matches because it's part of the story. It's like,
1: well, wasn't isn't every match part of a story? (laughs)
0: Like, it doesn't mean you have to be bad. I mean, you can work more slow or more methodical, but it doesn't mean you have to work bad. Like, that's not the same thing.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I after that Taichi match especially, I almost want to give like m- as much blame to the opponent as Okada because it's like like Okada and Taichi made that style of match work for what they're trying to do yeah. with Taichi beating the shit out of Okada's back and Okada selling throughout and not having to do a ton and then you know finally coming back and figuring out a way to win with that uh you know what's it called the uh, money clip, but like I don't I didn't feel like Ibushi or Jay White did a very good job of structuring a match around that making it interesting and make it entertaining now maybe it also was the fact that this was like this one was third from the top on a corican and not like the main event like those abushi and white matches were i'm pretty sure it was much shorter i just want to double check that before i talk out of my ass but i think it was like under 20 minutes which i'm sure helped Yes, yeah, so it was 1703, which to me was, like, that's, like, the ideal amount of time to have this type of match where Okada's just gonna, like, sell and sell and sell and sell yeah. and then come back and win, whereas, like, you know, the... The Jay White match, well, it was only a little bit longer, 1848. So I can't really plan the match length there. That match just was boring and kind of stupid. Uh, And the the Ibushi match, I'm sure, was longer, though. Yeah, Okada
0: and Jay White have such a weird, like, ups and downs. Because I I almost exclusively don't like, like, any of their matches. But then, like, one of their G1 matches is super good. And their match at Wrestle Kingdom that's, like, only, like, 15 minutes long, like, owns. So it's just, like, I don't understand why their matchup can only be great or terrible.
1: Yeah, because the MSG match sucked too. Yeah, but yeah, like the the, the Tokyo Dome one was was awesome. And I I did really like that G one match too. I think I know you're, the twenty eighteen one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I don't know. I mean, I I hope Okada picks up from here, but we'll see. I mean, he's in like lower profile spots for a little while, which might help him. Like up on the next card, which we'll talk about in a second, he's third from the top again. So I think he probably will. Just the style he's working right now probably benefits from being in a lower profile spot than. You know, instead of being a main events all the time. So yeah. Uh, so the next show, October 5th in Takamatsu, tomorrow as we're recording this. Again, that will be covered on the Omakase Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash WrestlingOmikase. The opener is Yuya Urimura versus Gabriel Kidd. This is like the only pairing of the Young Lion matches that I feel like is kind of lacking in chemistry so far. Like, Suji and Urimura obviously are like these big young line rivals and you know suji and kid have this feud going on and umar and kid kind of have nothing so i've definitely noticed that compared to the other two pairings so
0: yeah that's why i was like wondering it's like how are they going to do the young line matches going forward because i you know when you build to like a climax like a big draw i feel like a lot of times for a young line feud that's like the end or it's something that sets up like a future story so it's just yeah what's going to go on with the young lines from here on out Uh, Maybe they'll just try to tell like a new story from scratch with different opponents. Yeah,
1: maybe. Match two: Shingo Takagi versus Yujo Takahashi. Uh, Shingo's got two points, and Yujo's still looking for his first win. Uh, Now the only person still looking for his first win since the Nada won. Match three: Jeff Cobb at two points versus Jay White at six. That could be pretty good, actually. That could a match that could be sneaky good, even though Cobb has been very uneven so far in the G1.
0: Uh, yeah, I could, I could I could, see that working, especially, you know... I, I don't know. I don't think they... No, they were never, like, an ROH or anything the first time. I don't know if they've ever wrestled before.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, match 4, Okada at 4 points against Minoru Suzuki at uh, 6 points. I really liked their match at... Uh, what's it called last year? The Royal Quest, the UK show. Thought that yeah. was pretty. Thought that was pretty awesome. Uh, these two... These two usually have really good matches together, with one giant exception that fucking New Beginning uh, yes. title the, match.
0: every single oh. one match, I think it was from last year, that people didn't like as much I really liked. Yeah. So I think I, I almost exclusively like this matchup, except for that super long, boring title match.
1: Yeah, where, like, Suzuki worked on his, like, for 20 minutes, and Okada was like, time to do some giant leap and drop kicks. And it's like, okay. But yeah, that's their only bad match, pretty much. Like, all their G1 matches are usually really good. Uh, you know, their other title matches and stuff and their 2013 feud. Uh, so there you go. The semi-made event, uh, Tomohiro Ishii at two points against Taichi with six points. Uh, this should own. They've had really good matches together, you know, all last year, so very excited for this one. I yeah, I think
0: you... I, I think the show in general, like... Yeah, you know, pretty much every match has potential even you know Shingo is someone that I've struggled to connect with a little bit this year and getting him in like maybe a shorter match where he's just going to beat up someone instead of trying to do like a 20 minute like sprint around bomb fest uh I think that could be good for him too so yeah yeah.
1: and then the main event Kota Ibushi and Will Osprey both at six points the type of match I'm sure there's a certain type of fan that like is counting down the moments until that match
0: starts yes, there there are people story facing just reading this <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm i'm uh i don't know i'm I, I just re-watched their match uh for again on the patreon for the five matches g1 episode i did with chris samson their g1 match last year and like i'm not gonna sit here and tell you it was bad but it was like way more underwhelming than i remembered so you know i guess we'll see
0: yeah, well, I like their yeah. They worked at the Tokyo Dome, right? I'm not just imagining yeah. that. Yeah, I like that match. Um, but I think Will Osprey, in general, he's like working differently in a bad way. I think since coming up as a heavyweight, he's almost doing these more. He was doing like more of like trying to be the New Japan main event style, when that is like not what he's good at. He's good at just being like a dumb flippy guy. He should just be like the were the best possible version of like facade but he chooses (laughs) to try to be like some sort of smart worker. And that's my problem
1: with him. Yeah, I don't know. And it's just like there is just like an exhaustion for me with him in general with all the other stuff, too. So it's like I'm not that definitely does affect my. Well, you know, along with
0: Donald Trump, I think we can officially say we also do wish (laughs) death upon Willis. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I'm not. I am not going to. We're also officially
0: endorsing that.
1: I'm not going to co-sign that one. The Trump, one, we, the Trump one is fine, but not
0: put quickly. that put that on the Patreon episode. So <laughs> then it's just yeah, you have a mo- little more legal help there.
1: Uh, so yes, uh, obviously, what was this a, a parody, parody, parody? Yeah, so, parody and Fortnite. Yeah, uh, the there you go. So that's New Japan. We can move over to Noah now for the Noah and one victory. Um, so yeah, this has been a really good tournament as well. I would say maybe it has not reached the absolute highs of the G1 but like a ton of stuff you know that I had in the four star range so you know there were like two nights that were kind of crappy that you could easily skip uh the night the two single cam ones uh night two and whether you want to call it night five or night six depending on uh, how you yeah yeah, because of that double header but yeah the, the two single cam shows really were not worth watching at all very easily skippable but the rest of the shows were all really fun so you know if you haven't been caught up, catching up with it or keeping up with it. Definitely a lot of fun stuff in the N one, and I'll go yeah, through think, my I'll go through my top ten matches after we talk about this.
0: Well, thanks for telling me to prepare my top ten <laughs> matches before. It's not like you host a professional podcast or anything. <laughs> there must be all the efforts going to the Patreon episodes now.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. I, th- I think the tournament hasn't really produced any match of the year contenders or anything. But yeah. I think in general, there's download. There's basically nothing bad. Everything pretty much bottoms out at like average. Which helps a lot, and you know, even though I think that the Noah heavyweights, like, you know, there could be a few, there might could be a, a few shakeups, could be nice. You know, I think having Mochizuki in and having Sakuraba in and having them both work like pretty distinct styles, I think that did help a lot with the variety.
1: Yeah. So the show we're talking about here is the the final block show from Cork and Hall. Uh, just last night on October 4th. It was actually, no well, today, Sunday, October 4th in Japan, but it was at 11.30 a.m. start time, so one of those awesome shows I can actually watch live at 10.30 Eastern. So definitely, it was up to me. All Japanese wrestling shows have at 11.30 a.m. start time, so I greatly appreciate it. Uh, the opener was in the B Block. Shuhei Tanaguchi defeating Yoshiki Inamura in 4.36 with a uh, face kick. And that moved him up to 2 and 3. And Inamura dropped or finished 0 5, winless, as I think a lot of people kind of thought he would. Mm-hmm. Um, this was like, again, for for a under five minute match, this was a lot of fun. I mean, they started out by just running right at each other. Uh, Madman Tanaguchi just like clubbering Inamura as hard as he can with these double sledges and elbows, and then dropping him right on his head with the German suplex. Uh, and then Inamura like you know he rolled out of the way of a, some punt kicks only for Tanaguchi to take his head off of the lariat. Uh, be a very quick and brutal match. Ends with the running punch from Shuhei for the pin. Uh, three and a quarter for me. I thought this was quite a bit of fun while it lasted and one of these matches that makes you wonder like how these Noah guys wake up in the morning <laughs> like what they must feel yes. really like because they beat the shit out of each other.
0: Yeah, I, I would three stars on. I think this is definitely the type of match that I want to see more on. You not only Noah shows, but tournament shows in general in you know Japan, just because I think having these super short, like either whatever you call them, sprints or even just like short matches or squashes, I think they really do add a. They make the other matches stand out a lot, and I don't think that the the main events and like the big matches on this show, I don't think they hit as hard. If the top first two matches aren't like five minutes long,
1: yeah, that's that's fair. Match two, Manabu Soya and the A Block defeating Kazushi Sakuraba in five fifty seven. Uh, so Sakuraba drops to two and three, and Soya goes to two and three. Uh, this was another short match, but like even more fun in the opener. You know, with Sakuraba's grappling versus the the big meat boy Soya. Uh, there was this this spot that was like one of my favorite spots on either show, where like they go to do a test of strength as you've seen in wrestling matches a million times over, but it's a fucking trap from Sakuraba to, like, take him down to a triangle. Yes. I thought it was so awesome. Uh, and Soya, his selling, when Sakuraba got his key lock on, before he was able to make the ropes to break. Awesome selling from so- from Soya.
0: Yeah, I loved that. Uh,
1: Sakuraba tries to get it right back on, uh, but Soya, like, reverses to a cover, and that's the pin. Sakuraba, as you've seen other times, just forgot there were pins, I guess. But yeah, I mean, like, Super enjoyable what lasted. I went three and a half. Uh pretty much almost entirely for that test of strength trap spot, which so which is so awesome.
0: Yeah, I also I also went three and a half. I thought I think that Sakuraba in general, you know, like you know, like with what we've been talking about, you know, with all of these matches, variety is just so important in these tournaments. And Sakuraba just having this feeling where he can just tap people out instantly and you know he can go after your leg or your arm or anything and just instantly make it into like the nastiest looking hold in the world it's just why he's in this in this tournament even though he's like completely washed yeah <laughs> so, like, it still makes it still makes like most of his matches worth watching because yeah. he is doing something completely different and so i've like really enjoyed this tournament you know coming in with you know the the red hair and so it's been he looks know, so I,
1: different from what he used to look like in exactly Lesson. yeah yeah it looks his like new to- look Looks like a totally different wrestler. So.
0: Yeah, but uh, I, I, I really, I think that he's really stepped up in the tournament. I, I think most of his matches. I really, I actually, I think the Nakajima match was on the last show. It yeah. was on one of the single camp shows. I like that a lot. Uh,
1: the third match here, uh, Masaki Motuziki losing to Manabu Urchamasa uh, in in nine twenty three at the Saito Suplex, uh, an awesome finish. Which we'll get to in a second, but that brings Kidomiya to two and three. It dropped Mochizuki to two, two, and one, and eliminated him for the tournament because he. So he would have had a, a scenario where if he had won, and then if uh, K- Kaito had won the main event, which did happen, of course, they would have tied to uh, went on top of the A block and would have had to do some kind of wacky playoff. But getting pinned here eliminated him and made the main event a straight up uh, winner moves on, which I kind of figured would happen. But yeah, uh, this match was basically like you know Mochizuki's kicks versus Kitamiya's suplexes. Uh, And it came to like a really abrupt end when Ken like caught Mochizuki on the middle row going for the sun kakagari and just gives him the Saito suplex off of there for the pin. It looks so awesome. I thought there's another really fun, but you know, on the short side, but a really fun match. I went like three and a half on this.
0: Yeah, I I enjoyed this a lot, too. I think that um, Mochizuki, even though he wasn't like my MVP of the tournament, I think he was pretty good. And this is also the time of the night where I like, started to notice merchandise because there's someone holding up a uh, Dragon Gate scarf when he came out, which, first of all, is betraying Noah Wrestling <laughs> uh, by doing that. But then right next to them was someone wearing like a David Starr independent shirt, which <laughs> is uh, just, a, just a bad move in October of 2020.
1: Well, they don't know. I don't know. Maybe they haven't heard. Maybe the news didn't travel. I mean, I've heard that like a ton of Japanese fans have no idea what the fuck... People are talking about when it comes to Osprey. I can only imagine how hard it must be to like parse this with like your you know like maybe low level English slash relying on auto translator to figure out what the fuck people are talking about. Yeah. So. Well, it
0: makes me afraid. Like, what do I not know about Japanese wrestling? Exactly. It's like tadasuge texting minors or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, if Anything could happen. The only it,
1: like what's it called? Jim Breakthrough that guy from a uh, fucking Heat Up. That was like oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was like doing shit with minors. So like. Hopefully that would break through. if Something like that happened, but yeah, I don't know. I think we have enough like multilingual Japanese wrestling fans that maybe uh, you know that kind of stuff does make it through to us. But I don't know. they probably just yeah, stuff am- that we're missing.
0: Yeah, I imagine if you never heard and someone told you today about like the Dragon Gate monkey. <laughs> <laughs> like you just find out like five years later.
1: Yeah, it must be so weird. Uh, the next match, another tournament match here in the B block, Takashi Sugera. Defeats Kano in 1604. The referee stop. Uh, front neck lock. So Sugera goes to three one and one with seven points. Kano goes three and two at six points and is eliminated. Uh, it, it left Sugera alive because if Marufuji uh, could beat Nakajima in the last B block match, they would have tied and again had to go to a wacky playoff. Uh, but eliminated Kano since now Sugera had one more point than he did. Um, but yeah, this was a, this match was again a lot of fun. Um, you know, I thought the like, the highlight to me was that corner cam for Sugera's big suplex, oh, yeah. which, like, that looked awesome. Uh, and at one point, they also just traded, like, some really nasty-looking German suplexes, and, you know, I'm a mark for a good German suplex. So, I thought, I, again, like, a, I probably sound like a broken record, but this is another three-and-a-half-star match for me. thought it was very good
0: yeah the uh you know having the corner cam where it's just like here's just a nice shot of segura's body for a few seconds while he <laughs> does it stall. Like the, it's like it's like yeah that really is the ideal use for it um but yeah i, I think that yeah i, re- I really enjoy this segura is one of my favorite wrestlers ever so i'm pretty much always gonna uh enjoy him but you know i i was thinking yeah, you know one thing i was thinking today is like C- cano could use a different look the sort of bowl cut look he looks like a uh a fan of like you know, young lean or like Blade, like that type of <laughs> white rapper crowd. He's just I think he just needs to change up. He's a little hype beast right now. The red see, leather man. I,
1: I really like Cano's look because he looks like to me he looks like some kind of like weird edgelord or something. And I think it kind of works. It's like he's just incredibly serious man. it's like he is the exact opposite of uh you know, he doesn't have any humor at all to him, which I know some people don't like, but like I don't know. I like I, I like having a guy like Cano around who's like He's like, you will not disrespect me or pro wrestling Noah. And it's very like, I don't know, to me, it matches his, his persona.
0: So yeah, he, he just, he looks like the type of person who would go to McDonald's just to order the Travis Scott meal, <laughs> like that type of person. So. he looks
1: like, he, I mean, he looks like he's hanging out at a hardcore show or something. So I, I don't know it, it works. I think, but uh, yeah, match was great. <laughs> the next match was the junior rumble. Now uh, I got, I heard some complaints from people. People hated this match.
0: Wow!
1: I like. You're I know. Wrong. I mentioned. <laughs> I mentioned uh, Manabu earlier. He really hated this match. There's some other people who uh, really hate this match. Now, if you're just um, parachuting in to Noah, I could see why you might not like this because um, you know it, it, it just seems like a bunch of guys doing a bunch of stuff. Probably, if you're deep in the Noah lore and you're like. You know, it's like, oh, all oh, the Rattels are starting out here. It's a oh, Rattel's yeah. reunion. And then Ogawa just fucking walks out at one point because... Yes, all of these
0: things that undeniably own and are awesome, like <laughs> these people, they might be controversial, but those people are wrong. These are all great.
1: He just walks out of the match because he doesn't give a shit. And the announcers are like, well, Ogawa banned the match. Let's move on. <laughs> He's just an old man who doesn't give a fuck about a Battle royal, and just, he was the first elimination. He just left. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, what? it was so good. O'Hara, like, what, I, the other thing I liked was how hard O'Hara went at Kotoge when he came in. And like them in the same unit for the two seconds, they were both in full uh, full throttle, was yeah. always weird as hell to me. Because they, you know, they had the long fucking feud. Yeah, exactly.
0: They have like a blood feud. And then it's like, well, we need someone for this unit. <laughs> mm-hmm. So get in here.
1: Yeah. So like Kano and Ohara obviously against uh, uh, Momonos Seishin Tag. And like, it, it was just so stupid. They were in the same unit. So I'm glad that that was rectified. You know, it just didn't, you know, it would have been like, I don't did, did the Rock and Roll Express guys ever team up with the Midnight Express guys? would have been like the Noah equivalent of that. So, you know. Um,. But yeah, this match is pretty fun, I thought, most of the way. There was, like, one very sloppy exchange between Yohei and Daisuke Harada that stuck out in my mind before they both got eliminated by Kotoge. Uh, so, and by the way, what the fuck, Kotoge? <laughs> like, you yeah, just exactly. got,
0: that was really strange.
1: You just got back together with this man, you just eliminate him like nothing? to Just to get at Yohei? I don't understand. But yeah, Kotoge, yeah. Kotoge got the win. Uh, it was a fun match. I don't usually rate Battle Royals, but... Uh, you know, it was a good time.
0: Yeah, I, I I think it was a little odd that it's the longest match on the show. Yeah, I think maybe it could have been a little bit shorter. That could be
1: why people like it. it probably just felt very long to people who don't have any emotional impact with the Noah Junior Division, and they just want to get back to the M one matches. Yeah. But
0: you, you get, like, the Rattel sequence. You get, like, the Congo sequence. Like, you get all these different units. Yeah, and the Congo
1: there. thing was so fun with the three of yeah, them. Yeah, exactly.
0: I out. love that. But uh, a Pondro a Porn- a Porn- a Sawa just getting, like, the ship. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious.
1: No, Sawa is, like, in the it, it's he never gives a shit. He's, like, he's booking this, allegedly, and he always makes himself look like the biggest moron. it's yeah. pretty fucking funny. Yeah, but, uh, I think...
0: I think the Noah Juniors, you know, I said at the top of the episode the Noah Juniors are like actually my favorite part of the promotion. And I think there's just you know, if you hate fun, I can see you not liking them. <laughs> but it's just like they have such a weird collection of guys who like, emotionally
1: is there now.
0: Exactly. It's like,
1: exactly. What the fuck?
0: It's just like it's just like all these like castoffs and like random guys and units that are just sometimes completely random <laughs> and like, like people are turning on each other all the time. They
1: had that diagram at one point in the ma- in the match. I'm like, well, that's going to be different five bucks of the match. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> someone's turning on someone. Uh, that that sequence of the last cork and I know people got mad and hated it, but I was like, this fucking rocks. What is exactly. wrong with you? It's like, here comes full throttle. It's like, there were like three turns in that yeah. one. <laughs> like, first, I think Yohei turned on uh, Yohei turned on uh Harada, which I was yeah. like, good for you, Yohei. Why the fuck you guys still team me up together if Rattel's is over anyway? Exactly. Yeah, and then, that was- <laughs> so that one made perfect sense. Then Kotogi comes out to help Harada, and it's like, okay, this one makes sense too. You guys, you know, broke up originally because Kotogi was going heavyweight, so... You know, I mean, he, he's he been back in, in the junior division since last year. Might as well get back together. Uh, but then Full Throttle comes out. Yoshioka yeah. and hara just like, you know what? Fuck you, Katoke, for getting <laughs> back together Harada. We don't want him in the group. So they turn on him, and they're like, you know what? This Yohei guy, he seems pretty cool. And that happens all in the one. That all happened in like five minutes. Yeah, Everything I, think- I just described. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's so weird because if you think about it, it's like, they don't talk over anything. Like, it's just, the the language is fists. It's just like, there's yeah. no talking. It's just constant combat. Yeah. The, the setup for this must have been, you know, what happened backstage to lead to this moment?
1: <laughs> but yeah, like the only junior st- unit that ever stays stable, I feel like, is fucking the juniors and Sugira gun. Like, that's yeah. about it. Like, everybody else just like, constantly jumping and going around and like, you know, so I I get it. I get that it could be hard to keep track of this shit, but it is a lot of fun. Uh, so there you go. But yeah, that's our that's our no issue in your talk, I guess. Uh, and there's some matches on the final show too, so that'll be uh, you know a pair of title matches it should be fun.
0: Yeah, I definitely think those are going to be a highlight.
1: Uh, the semi main event in the N1, the opposite of a highlight. Kazuyuki Nakajima defeating Naomichi Fuji in 1625. Uh, Nakajima. When wins the B block with four and one. Marafuji ends at two two and one. I don't know, man. Uh, I just can't deal with these Marafuji matches anymore. He's just... uh,
0: listen, this is this, you sound like me talking, you know, throughout his entire career.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I used to like him, but like he just doesn't give a fuck anymore. I mean, like you're in the semi main event, a match to decide the B block in the tournament, and it's like uh... with the guy you've
0: worked, the uh, guy you worked before. Yeah, you know, and it's like.
1: Let's do like ten minutes of slow motion arm work. Why not? And then Nakajima like repeatedly doing his fucking corner choke thing. Sure didn't pick up the pace either. So he's not off the hook here either. But yeah,
0: I I think that it's it's just not the type right type of match. And I think you know when I saw when I like opened up the a beama player and saw that it was like on the shorter side i was like oh that's probably a yeah, 15 minute match like that sounds pretty like a, a great choice for this type of match like maybe they'll just do a sprint maybe not going just kick him really hard and they'll be over and then to work like this super methodical like weirdly paced match where mayor fuji does like nothing you know, yeah it's it as it just did, didn't seem like a great choice i i will say the one thing that i um Yo, i liked is that nakajima was working under a little bit especially early on uh which he's been working sort of like over a lot of people yeah. this tournament, I just like kicking the shit out of people i mean um, i
1: didn't think the match was horrible i mean i get two and three quarters but like you know it was pretty much all for the sequence for Mer- where nakajima like ducked all of Fuji signature kicks and i'm like answered with this awesome spinning uranage that woke me up a little bit and the end where he just finally kicked Fuji's ass and finished him off clean was pretty damn good. But, like, that was it, though. Like, those are the highlights of a otherwise very boring match. So that that kept it from being, like, I don't know, like, below two and a half for me. But, like, that's about it, so.
0: Yeah, if this wasn't Nakajima, this would be, like, a one-star match against, like, most opponents because Fuji is just in total cruise control.
1: Yeah, he just doesn't give a shit. Uh, the main event, Kaito Kiyomiya defeating Goshi Ozaki in twenty four oh seven. So Go finishes with three and two at six points, and Kaito wins the block at three one and one for seven points. Uh, he is the A block representative, as they say. Um, this was really good, but like, just not up to the level of that January fourth match. I kind of figured it wouldn't be, especially with Go doing that whole arm storyline, and like, you know, definitely played into those matches you would expect. Although not quite as much as I expected to.
0: Yeah, I I had that exact same note that I've expected the arm story to be, like, the focus of the match. And it's really only, you know, there's a few points where he's grabbing at the arm. But, you know, towards the end of the match, he's, like, hitting lariats and, like, yeah. showing no effects. That so was a little strange.
1: Yeah. Um, and there was, like, a weird sequence early on, too, where they struggled to get on the same page for a little bit, which you wouldn't really expect for these two. Especially, yeah. like I said, after the—I mean, their match earlier this year was my number two match of the year so far. So, you know, this was not close to that level, but it was still pretty awesome. Um, You know, especially down the stretch, where like Go is like doing these awesome standing lariats. Like there was one where he he like killed Kaito, and Kaito kicked out like two point nine nine nine, and it was a great fucking kick out because like he he didn't do like a big dramatic kick out. He just like yeah. barely rolled his shoulder his, off like, the mat. Yeah, his arm was like one inch off of the <laughs> mat. That was awesome. It was awesome. I mean, you don't get enough of those kind of kickouts anymore. He still looked dead. The, the, the crowd even gasped. You know, they were like ah, even though they're not supposed to. So I thought that was great. Um, but yeah, he, Kaito finished him with a tiger suplex hold. Uh, I went four stars on it. I thought it was really good, great main event, but you know, not up to the level of their, you know, match of the year level match. He's, you know, yeah. like four and three quarter star match from January 4th. So,
0: yeah, I also went four stars. I, you know, sometimes I forget how much we agree on stuff because of <laughs> our feuds over the minute details of certain wrestling promotions. Um, but I think Kaito has just turned a corner. I think at this point you just have to talk about him. Like he's one of, you know, one of the best young guys in Japan because he's, he's someone my, who, by,
1: who the fuck yeah. is even close.
0: Exactly. <laughs> he just, he, he did frustrate me a lot early in his career where I would like certain matches. And then, you know, it seemed like he could only work one type of match for a while where he could only get battered and then come up and for a last minute comeback. And now I think he's just a complete wrestler. You know, he definitely works over go for, big portions of this match and it like totally works and it's totally believable, but he also like gets beat up super well too. Yeah. And I think he's just, yeah, you know, fully come into his own. And you know, I think you could, you know, even though you could say his like title run was like maybe too early or something, I think it told one story and now I think he's like ready for another story with the title again, or, you know, some sort of title chase or, you know, you could do all sorts of things with him now. And I think he's just totally set up for the future.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I mean, like, I I can't remember if I gave this speech on a free show or a Patreon show, so that would obviously greatly uh, <laughs> impact the number of people who heard it. But, like, Kaito, to me, is, like, e- like easily most improved wrestler, like, as far as, I like, guess, the year goes. Like, just, not that I didn't like him before. I, I always liked him. But, like, you really just saw him, like, put it all together this year and, like, come together as, like, the complete package as an ace candidate. So, you know, um, just... He always had, like like you said, always had the selling but his offense is just way better now. So you can carry that portion of a match a lot better. And like his crowd connection and his charisma have just really developed really well this year. And like, he just, he's much more of like, now it just feels like, you know, before his life, last, last title reign, it's like, well, you see the potential and you get why they're doing this, but he's not quite there yet. This year. It's just like, okay, he's the guy. I mean, that's it. I mean, like there yeah. is nothing missing in this package at this point. So, you know, um, Definitely. I mean, he's you know he's had a um, a match of the year level match for me at least. So I don't know why well, you gave that. Go. Yeah,
0: I, I I was I went four and a half on that. I I really liked it. Yeah.
1: So like just a a top level match of the year level match for me. And you know I mean not that not taking away from Go Shiozaki anyway. It's been good forever. But like you know that that was definitely like a, a coming out party for Kaito. And he's had plenty of other great matches this year. So uh, and this was another one. Uh, but yeah, there you go. The N1 overall, I'd, I'd say this was like a one of those shows it's hard to talk about as a podcaster because it's like a very good show that you could also maybe argue under deliver a little bit. Like I thought maybe I was expecting a little more out of uh, definitely out of Merfuji Nakajima, although expecting anything out of a Merfuji match at this point uh, is a problem. But maybe like I'm a little disappointed that like one of the other undercard matches didn't quite get to like the four star level or whatever. A lot of them were really quick. So you know, it just didn't happen, and maybe you yeah. could say the main event was even a little. I mean, the main event was one of those w- weird four star matches that was a little disappointing. Yeah. Maybe,
0: yeah. But... The the junior rumble that that <laughs> met expectations though. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I think that uh, you know, it, I think it did its job though because it did make me really excited for that for the next show. Yeah. I mean, I think the post match was really cool. Yeah, yeah get, the, giving kind this. Mo- yeah, not even Yeah. Comes making fun of Go and then like I I just I think you know when you're just into all these storylines and you know Nakajima just like has all these interesting feuds and Kaito has interesting places to go and you know everything just feels to be building to you know the right place at the right time I think that you know this type of show that necessarily doesn't really have a lot of match of the year contenders or anything it's a lot more forgivable because it just sets up hopefully what will be a great show
1: exactly yeah I mean it's definitely you know still in one of these shows where at the end of the night I still really enjoyed myself, so you know, even if it didn't have, like you said, like match for the year level stuff. So the final standings, I already gave a lot of them throughout the show, but let's just go over them real quick. Uh Kiyomiya wins the A block at 3-1 one, and 1, at uh, seven points. Goshi Ozaki finishes second at three and two. Uh Mochizuki finishes third at 2-2 two, two, and 1. And then you have a three-way tie for last for Soya, Kidomiya and Sakuraba all at two and three. The B block, Nakajima wins it at four and one. Sugera, Francis, in second at 3-1-1. One one. Then you have Kano in third at 3-2. Marafuji in fourth at 2-2-1. Two, two Taniguchi in fifth at 2-3. And, and Poor Inamura, 0-5 oh in last place. Uh, my top ten matches of the N one. Um, I'll just give them really quickly here. Uh, the first three, all three and three quarters. Uh, tenth place, Kaito versus Sakuraba from night five. Ninth place, Kano versus Taniguchi uh, in the B block from night three. Uh, eight, or I should mention, by the way, I, I called that doubleheader night four and night five. I know some people called it night four afternoon, night four evening, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, just in case anybody gets confused. Uh, eighth place, Marifuji versus Sugera, uh also from night three in the B block. Fuji's one really good match in this tournament at like three and three quarters. Uh, then the next seven through four, all four stars. Uh, seventh place, Kano versus Nakajima from night one. Uh, sixth place, Goshio Zaki versus Kaito from the show we just talked about. Fifth place, Nakajima versus Taniguchi from night four. And fourth place, Kaito versus Masa, uh, Kiyomiya versus Kidomiya from night three. And then the top three, all four and a quarter. Third place, Goshio Zaki versus Mizaki Mochizuki uh, from night five. Second place, Goshio Zaki versus Kazuchisakaraba from night eight. Or, sorry, the night three uh give that four and a quarter uh and first place kaito versus mochizuki from night one which the 30-minute draw that's still my favorite match of the tournament but uh you know a lot of really good stuff here all 10 of those matches definitely worth checking out Uh, especially recommend the top three i mean go and mochizuki go and sakuraba those are also very awesome matches so there you go
0: yeah yeah i don't think there's anything on my top list that you would have missed so yeah good stuff
1: um, the average star ratings for the tournament, the overall winner easily was Kaito for me. Uh, gave him an average of 3.9. Uh, second place was Mochizuki at 3.75. Third place was Goshi Ozaki at 3.6. Well, really, I mean, Go had an awesome tournament except for one match. Uh, I really hated that Goshi Ozaki versus Masa Kenamiya match from, I think, the last single camp show. I gave it two stars. So, like, that dragged Go down a lot. Otherwise, he would have been, like, like, without that, he would be right there with Kaito. So that was pretty much what ha- what happened. Um, and then fourth place, I basically had a three-way tie at top B block, all 3.5. So Kano, Nakajima, and uh, Sugara, all 3.5. So, you know, those are my top finishers. Uh, Soya right there at 3.45. Uh, Sakuraba right there at a 3.35. And then Kitamiya with like a 2.95, again, dragged down by that one match. Uh, Marafuji, no surprise, the absolute bottom here at a 2.85. Shuhei with a 3.3. And Inamura a 3.15. I believe that's everybody. So, you know, a lot of good matches here. Uh, a lot of people in the high threes, but, uh, you know, just a few people that I didn't really like their stuff. So, just basically Marafuji really, is the one, the one <laughs> yeah. is at the bottom. And even yeah, that, I-, I mean, he was like plopped up by that 3.3 and 3 quarter match with that uh, You take that out, and he was doing really bad, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, one thing you can say, though, is that it's better than Champions Carnival. It
1: sure as fuck is. (laughs) I mean, Jesus. Uh, Anyway, so the N1 Finals uh, is on October 11th, so next Sunday. We're talking about it right here again on the Free Omikase, uh, so you get to hear that even if you're a uh, freeloader, as the term goes, I believe. Uh, The opener here is a six-man tag. Hajime Ohara, Seki and Yohei of Full Throttle, taking on uh, Kinyo Mokata, Seiya Morahashi, and Junta Miyawaki. The match two, Akitashi Saito and Masao Inoue taking on Tadasuke and Neo. Uh, well, that should be something. Yeah, <laughs> that, that sounds I, like a blast. I really want to see Tadasuke interact with those two guys. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, match three, Takashi Sugera, Kazushi Sakuraba, Kazuyuki Fujita, and Kendo Kashin. Hell yeah. <laughs> taking it on Kano, Masa Manabu Soya, and Yoshiki Inamura. Sugira Goon against Kongo. That should be a lot of fun.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, this, this show just has so many weird, fun matchups.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Match four for the GHC Junior Heavyweight TIE Team titles. Uh, Yoshinori Ogawa and Hayata against Harada and Kotoge. Uh, Momono Tag trying to win back the belts he used to dominate. That should be really good. Uh, match number five, the GHC Junior Heavyweight title, Kotaro Suzuki against Tao uh, I really like Hao I think he's been really good lately, so that should be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. And then the semi-main event, 8 Man Tag, Goshi Ozaki, Shuhei Tanaguchi, Mohamed Yone, and Daiki Inaba against Barafuji, Keiji Mudo, Masakatsu Funaki, and Masaki Mojizuki. How can you not
0: <laughs> love this promotion? This is the greatest promotion in the world. Like... <laughs> This is
1: just made for nerds and yeah. that's why it's just the best. <laughs> like here's fucking fucking Masukatsu Funaki here to take on. I want to see him grapple with Yone. Let's go. It's be great. Uh, and the main event, of course, the N one victory finals, Kaito Kiyomiya versus Katsuhiko Nakajima. Who do you think is winning that? I think Nakajima probably. I do you
0: know, I like I said, I, I do think that it you know, Kaito is totally ready for another title one, but I agree that it probably makes more sense for Nakajima to win here yeah. and go on and win the title. And then you can build something down the line with them. And I, I personally like Nakajima is probably my, if I had to pick like my single favorite wrestler in Noah, and I would love for him to get like another run and be able to really, yeah, you know, have a nice run on top as like, yeah, you know, with this heel persona.
1: Yeah. Um, so there you go. This is that Osaka 80 on Arena Number one, um, it looks like tickets are moving okay the the first two categories uh you know of tickets say the there there's only a few available the last two do say there's still much available so um who knows if they're going to sell out the half capacity idiot or what or not but you know I hope they do cuz I like Noah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah you know uh at least they have a they have stable ownership now so you don't have to worry so much about the uh the minutia of the you know what's it called of the day-to-day attendance so uh but there you go that's the n1 victory so coming up on the uh patreon tomorrow which again patreon.com slash wrestling if you'd like to sign up for all our coverage is the champion carnival final so that's from corkenhall hall the finals of course is zeus versus kento miyahara uh the f- far more interesting semi-main event is yuma Aoyagi against koji doi which May actually be more exciting than the entire champion carnival so far. Well,
0: well, I, you know, as much as I have no love right now for the current state of all Japan, I mean, Zeus and Kento do have a five star match to their name in my book. So I feel like I will, I will always watch like that matchup at least.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's just, it feels so, I don't know if played out is the right word, but it just feels like the one of the most boring finals they could have booked. But I guess we'll see. But yeah, we'll have a full review of that on the Patreon tomorrow with me and Paul, uh, along with the, tomorrow's New Japan show on a Patreon-exclusive full Omikaze so, uh, on Monday. So definitely check that out. Uh, Patreon.com slash Uh Anything you want to plug before we sign off here, Skyler?
0: Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com with two W's. T-W-W-I-T-T-E-R-D-O-T-C-O-M. Um, you know, outside of that, I mean, I'm sure if you follow me, you'll just get mad at me. But yeah, there I, I will probably be on omakase again at some point you know john did tell me behind the scenes off mic that he was like you gotta be on every patreon episode now <laughs> he wants to bring me into the fold i'm the unofficial co-host um you know, so who knows maybe i'll be on again later and also you know i always try to plug some something someone else is doing so bad wrestling podcasts always love those guys Yeah. You know listen to them that's probably the you know the second best wrestling podcast behind wrestle there you go of
1: course they've both been on the show uh i think i was gonna say both many times i think it's actually only one time for chris but uh, a bunch of times for uh for god why am i pointing? kevin i'm I'm sorry kevin well didn't
0: you guys just do like an attack on titan episode
1: basically no we didn't do that we should have I don't know. We have, we we should do that on the Patreon, honestly. I should bring him on for anime omakase and just like discuss the Attack on Titan lore because we did that and every single time he came on. We ended up doing like a half an hour on Attack on Titan, so we should probably just like get it out of the way.
0: Someone will want it. Someone out there wants that.
1: <laughs> did you have you ever watched or like read the manga or anything or no?
0: No, I've heard it's really dumb, which makes me want to read it um but you know one day i will and i'm sure i will have like freezing cold takes and i'll freak out at the oh uh, yeah i know the basement i guess that's a thing that i should care about <laughs> i've i've avoided spoilers for all these years so when i finally do get there we'll talk about I mean, it And the only thing
1: i'll say is the the way the manga has gone lately it somehow this i mean this guy somehow finds like new and surprising ways to be fucking crazy which is really kind of an accomplishment at this point, because I I don't know how how he's still doing it, honestly. But, uh, yeah, I just don't know. And the new season's supposed to start soon. It's supposed to be the final season of the TV show, and the fucking manga still has not ended. So I'm just like, I don't know how the hell they're going to squeeze all this shit. It's going to be like, I mean, really, the the anime's going to be crap. I mean, it's going to be like that last season of Tokyo Ghoul... RA oh, that, yeah, I, yeah. that i gave up on halfway through because it's like they decided we're like well we only want to do one more season of like 12 episodes so even though we have like i don't know like 100 chapters of the manga left because they did the first season of tokyo go ra uh like like a normal paced you know anime with a yeah. normal amount of manga chapters but they just decided they want to wrap it up in one more season so like the episodes are like you know, it's like the it's like Vince Russo booking an anime where it's like you know five hundred things are happening every two minutes, and it's like, well, this is just not watchable. So <laughs> I'm gonna stop watching now. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Definitely,
0: to... there's definitely some like manga I read that I'm just like, I just hope this never becomes an anime because only <laughs> there's only pain if that happens.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't. So I don't know how that last season of on Titans is gonna go. I guess we'll see. But uh, you know, I think I think we'll I think it starts soon. I don't know I don't remember but I think it's either if it's, it's either winter or spring coming up it's definitely not airing now I don't think but uh let me just look it up because I'm curious now attack on titan new season uh is it fall what the fuck okay this is great audio let me see. Yeah, i
0: I'll fill dead space because if you need a manga recommendation, Doro Hidoro, very okay. very good. It's about a guy with a lizard head and is really uh, you know muscular women uh, opponents and there's demons involved and magic and sci-fi stuff. And it is there's one season of an anime that's on Netflix that has some 3D animation stuff, but uh, definitely highly recommend the manga. One of the best. Uh, one of the best manga I've read of this century, and also uh, you know the mangaka is a woman, which is also you know something that's not super easy to find, especially with a manga like the <laughs> mega hyped manga. So
1: I need, sorry, I it. need, I need to describe this. Okay, so I found the answer. It does. It airs December seventh, so it's winter, uh, you know, winter whatever. It's probably going to be a two a split thing with ten and twelve. So where they say everything's like the last season, but they really mean you know it's it's going to air in two seasons at this point. But what the fuck is this website where I found this? So it's like. Attack on Titan season four air date, and I look over at the side, and like one of the stories on the side that wants me to click on is Claudia Conway reveals her mother has COVID. I'm like, What, is, what wow. is it? What is a <laughs> website that's serving uh, people who want to know the Attack on Titan season four release date and uh, Kellyanne Conway's COVID status? Like, what? Is, where is the crossover there? Yeah, this sounds like my Twitter timeline. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck. <laughs> Uh there you go. So if you want to learn go to H I T C dot com if you want to learn all about uh anime release dates and the COVID positive status of various Trump officials. And it's like a picture of this fucking this teenage girl like, I guess with the video where she revealed her mom is COVID. Yeah, the TikTok. <laughs> it was a TikTok?
2: That's yes. awesome.
1: She took to the Chinese Airways. <laughs> The TikTok. Do you know he he was he like his TikTok ban got turned down in court, right? That's what happened. Oh, really? I, think, I didn't know that. I yeah. think so.
0: Um, yeah, extremely funny <laughs> saga of just something that like I truly don't care about, but whatever the result is, it will be funny. Yeah. So yeah.
1: TikTok, <laughs> TikTok. Yeah, that's
0: the type of wins that our society needs nowadays. Yeah.
1: All right, there you go, folks. And what a better way to end than that. So, and uh, now
0: we're both gonna, yeah. John and me are both gonna watch NXT Takeover, which apparently is on right now.
1: Is it?
0: Uh, um, yeah, Velveteen Dream and Kushida might be on.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that, yeah. Velveteen Dream. There you go. Like when I saw, I saw this tweet from some guy who was like, "I refuse to watch New Japan because of uh, <laughs> because of Will Ospreay. Uh, you know, because he's getting in the oh, okay. Because you getting mad, at somebody who's like uh, the G one's better than Raw or SmackDown. He's like, well, I'll stick with Raw or SmackDown because they don't have Raw spray. And it's like, okay, <laughs> you do yeah. that, bu- you do that, buddy. WWE. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. Also, I mean, Velveteen Dream putting up against someone who's like five six is already a little, <laughs> is a little suspect. Yeah, he's shown predilection for short people in the past. So. Uh,
1: there you go. A, that's that's the way to end for the pedophilia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh anyway, folks, thank you.
0: Yeah, also for- we also endorse the death of the Velveteen
1: dream. <laughs> yeah. We'll
0: sneak this into the end here.
1: There you go. Uh thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh I wanna again the Patreon, patreon.com slash wrestling for upcoming uh champion carnival and G One coverage this week, Monday through Thursday. Lots of stuff coming up. Uh, you can, also, of course, also follow us on Twitter at Russell Omakase, Wrestling Wooden Fit. Thank you as always for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next time.